Hi there. You're listening to the Parent Ed podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. While there are no perfect families, every relationship can turn the corner. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed podcast. My name is Joanna Koho and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life, and more. We'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Now today, uh, we are nearing uh, Father's Day, our annual Father's Day, when we remember what it means to be dad. And so today, we're going to talk about becoming dad. And I have with me, um, actually, one of my colleagues. <laughs> Today he's going to get interrogated by me. <laughs> Simply because, you know, um, I can't interrogate my own husband. So he's going to talk about his journey to becoming dad. And he is uh, just about to become dad, in fact, uh, very, very, very soon. And uh, I'm going to actually get... Aaron, uh, whose wife, Joanne, was actually on our podcast just last month. In fact, both of them were on our podcast. Uh, and we were talking about Joanne's journey to becoming mom and getting ready for motherhood. And uh, so today we're going to hear the guy's side of the story. And I'm going to actually have Aaron introduce himself. But first, you know, to just give us a real raw deal when you first found out that Joanne was having a baby and I know you guys have, have waited for 14 years. That's much longer than my husband and I. We only waited for, I think, we tried for five years. And even then, my husband would say that the first thing that crossed his mind was, are you sure? Whose baby is it? I hope that was not on your mind, Erin, but I'm going to get you to share what was the first thing that came to your mind and how did you feel when you first found out that you were finally going to have baby? Hi everyone, my name is Aaron and I serve on staff at Focus and Family Singapore. To answer Joe's question, right, about what's really on my mind when I heard that my wife was pregnant was it's really a miracle. It's yeah. it's so precious. Because just two years ago we lost a child mm. and you know it was just barely five weeks and we didn't know how to process how we felt at that point in time. We sort of like said, okay, it's probably, maybe, or never kind of thing. And when we found out that we were pregnant, we were just speechless for that moment. And it was just, wow, all kinds of emotions just flooded through my mind, my heart. And I was like... Did you find out exactly the same time as Joanne or she was the one that kind of brought home the good news? So she was home and she had a home pregnancy test kit mm. and she tested herself and she showed it to me and we were like okay, what do we do now? And we were just, wow, you know, we had all kinds of emotions that just flooded us. We were shocked, uh, pleasantly shocked. <laughs> and also, yes, very, yeah, surprised, you know? Like, yeah. what, what's next? What's for us? Were there any, like, negative feelings or fears or apprehension? Because she lost uh, the baby two years mm -hmm. ago, I was also very cautious not to hype up the, the moments too much. Oh, I was really excited though, but I had to control myself. I had to restrain and say, okay, you know, let's confirm it at the doctors. Uh, let's make sure that baby is uh, well supported this time around. And to make sure that you stay buffered, you know, no one comes near you. You don't, don't carry anything. Yeah, just be safe. 
So if I, I'm hearing you, Aaron, it was definitely a high moment versus like a, a more, more high than low or more high than uh, apprehensive. And that lasted like throughout the... Oh yeah, even till now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are at 38 weeks now. And, you know, it's been a buzz for the past 38 weeks. It's just that, that joy and also that nervousness yeah. coupled with a bit of apprehension. But yet at the same time, just so wild by the fact that we're going to be parents. And of course, you know, we've been going to see the doctors ever more frequent now. Um, we are also seeing my wife grow bigger, mm -hmm. uh, less mobile. But yet at the same time, it's like in a, a month's time or a few weeks' time, we're going to be carrying our child. Mm. And just having the idea of being able to hug him, being able to just talk to him and soothe him, mm. I think that's such a wonderful thought, yeah. Okay, so having spoken with your wife uh, last month about her journey towards uh, motherhood, it sounds like you're the more excited one. She's kind of like moderating it and sort of like, no, let's take this pace and easy and uh, let's remember <laughs> the important things. And maybe, I, I don't think that she's not happy or excited, but uh, it sounds like she's a, a bit more moderated and just wanting to approach this in a more sensible way. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, when we found out we were pregnant, I wanted to tell the whole world about it on the spot. I was just going, let's call our parents, let's tell everyone. She was like, uh, let's have a wait and see mentality, you know, let's, let's make sure baby is uh, viable, baby is safe before mm. we tell anyone. Mm. So I had to control myself, mm. you know, didn't tell anyone. I was like, there's so much excitement, you know, there's so much things to, to talk about. I understand where she's coming from, that moderation, that being More careful care. in a sense, yeah. You, you think that in part, large part is because she was the one that kind of like experienced the whole miscarriage and having lost baby before. Yeah, I think that probably that disappointment or not wanting to bring up that hopes mm. first, yeah? Mm. Yeah, but for me, I felt that even if it's a baby that we cannot carry to term, I celebrate that. I celebrate the fact that we were able to conceive and that's life and so precious to me. In fact, throughout the past uh, eight months or so, at any point in time, right, we could have lost our baby again. Mm. Yet at the same time, I, I know that this is something to celebrate. Would you say that that has been pretty much what's marked your, even your 14 year wait? Just basically be more maybe positive or optimistic about it mm. versus maybe taken a greater toll emotionally, maybe even physically on your wife. So when we got married, we did discuss like how many children we want to have. You know, mm -hmm. I think most married mm -hmm. couples when they when they're planning for marriage, right, they'll probably have mm -hmm. such uh, family planning, mm -hmm. and they'll say, "Oh, I want to have so many children," or "I don't want to have any children." For both of us, we we love children, and we wanted to have children, and we come from big families ourselves. We have many siblings, and you know, the the idea of having uh, siblings that we can talk to someone that we can actually relate to in the family. That was something very, very important to us. Um, so so when how you many found were you aiming for? Um, at two, at least. Or three. Yeah, two to three. Okay, and yeah. Giant? I, around that, two to three okay. as well. So that's probably our goal. And we are not close to the idea of having more after this. So technically, this is our second child, right? <laughs> uh, but we, when we couldn't conceive, it was disappointing, of mm. course. Um, and... But yet at the same time, I've also learned to appreciate that other people are able to have children and we celebrate with them and we, we spend time with their families as well. So, you know, there are some people who say, oh, because I can't have children, then I don't want to spend time with any uh, families with children. 
So they become very negative. But on the other hand, I think for my wife and I, we really enjoy spending time with families, even with young children, uh, spending time with our nieces and nephews, just being able to understand and to feel like, you know, what it means like to be a parent. And I think that's something we appreciate. So even though we couldn't have children, we enjoyed time with children. So they say that, you know, fatherhood is something that comes easier for some more than others. And uh, contrary to the visible start of fatherhood, which most think, you know, that's when baby comes out of a mother's womb into the world. It actually begins way before that, right? When we first realize that, oh, wife is expecting. Yeah, and you know, this whole, I mean, you talked about, uh, a little bit about your, your eight months thus far, um, but what would be the turning point of what it means to be a father? I mean, I know you've been waiting for this moment for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, and I think all of us at the office know that you're super excited about it. <laughs> yeah, but what makes this like defining moment where identity suddenly changed now I am a father? Yeah, it's interesting that you're asking this question because about a month or two ago, I was on the way home and I was taking public transport, so going up the MRT escalator. And then all of a sudden, I had this realization that I'm really going to be a dad. And that really was an awestruck kind of moment for me because it's so, so heavy. You know, in a sense, the responsibility of being a dad. But yet at the same time, I, I feel that, wow, it's something that is a gift that I really must appreciate. And I cannot take it for granted. Was there a trigger to this or just like a random thought? I don't know. Maybe just that day, just after work. <laughs> I don't know. It was just probably a turning point, uh, a realization that this is becoming very real for me and that this is something that I really want to own for myself. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, it, the cliche goes, right, it's very easy to become a dad, biological dad, right? It's very mm. easy to be, okay, easier for some to be a biological dad, but it's, it's not so easy to be a responsible, uh, mm. engaged and, a good, uh, father, and right? a good father. Yeah, and what does a good father mean also? So mm. I think it's a very loaded kind of uh, definition, even in the context that I, I come from. Because um, I'm, I'm a child of a divorce, so my own relationship with my dad has been tarred with negative emotions. And I never really understood my father. And I also sometimes feel quite distant from him, even though physically we're not that distant, mm. but just emotionally not so close. And with that, you know, my impression of what fathers or fatherhood really means is not necessarily the best. Mm -hmm. And I think for those who have uh, perhaps absent fathers or maybe you don't have a good relationship with your dad, you will probably also feel that, okay, where do I now learn this? Yeah, yeah there's no manual for this, right? So, so where, did you, where did you learn <laughs> <laughs> what it means? Did you read some or like all the books on our bookshelves? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, a, it's really a blessing to be working at Focus because we have a group of guys that work together and there are some of them who are much older uh, who have been through fatherhood and I really appreciate spending lunches with them, just having those dialogues and conversations on how they parented their, their child mm -hmm. and now some of them are adult children also and having that wisdom, gleaning you know, all these kind of uh, stories from them, I think has been... Uh, very beneficial for myself. Uh, besides the books and the resources that we have at Focus, <laughs> of course, those have been helpful, you know, learning about... you do about... need to plug since, you know, you oversee that part of our work. Yes. Yeah. 
So, of course, it's like natural, right? When we go through our own content, when we run a podcast episode like this, when we mm. talk to parents, we are actually hearing their stories and we are also learning along the way. But it never really hits home mm. until you have to go through it yourself, right? And mm. this is the part where I feel all this collective experience that you have growing up and even you know, talking to people, mm. yeah, I think that really helps. You mentioned the weight of the responsibility of what it means to be there. So what's this responsibility that you think of? Like, what is it that you feel fathers have a responsibility and that weighs solely or maybe more so on them than on mom? Well, I think being a provider or being that practical help will come automatically to most Singaporeans because you're a very pragmatic kind mm. of people. Um, but the additional responsibility, I feel that sometimes people don't really take ownership of is the emotional aspect mm. and forming the identity of your child meaning like spending time with them getting to know them being able to relate to them i feel this is something that i want to do mm. and i feel that this is also very integral for for every child growing up to mm. understand that okay this is who my dad is and these are the values that he wants to pass to me and I know this is his character, this is how he sees the world, and I would like to be able to do that for my child. So you mentioned that you didn't actually have the benefit of acquiring some of these developments through a relationship with your own dad. And oftentimes though, we do say that you know parents should be that role model to their children. I mean, there has been one statistic that says 97% of us will actually parent the way we were parented. Um, and I mean, hearing you know, and knowing also your childhood growing up experiences. And I know you have reconciled to a large extent uh, with uh, your dad, your family origin, but what would be some things that, you know, you take away from your own family of origin, from all your, your own relationship with your dad, that today, you know, now that you're becoming dad yourself, you tell yourself like, okay, I will not do this, or uh, I will do this, because actually, despite whatever that happened, this is something good about my own dad. Yeah, so there are definitely good points for every father, right? There'll be the part where we want to emulate them and we want to mm. uh, respect them. But then, of course, there'll be flaws and weaknesses as well that come along with every father. Um, for myself, I feel that as a child grows up, there are different milestones and different moments which are so important and I want to be there and be present with my child. I know work uh, is important, but yet at the same time, those moments will go by very quickly and you'll miss them, right? And once those moments are missed, you can never go back to them again. Yeah, so like, for example, if my child is going to be growing up in, the, in his toddlerhood, transiting to primary school life, it's only one time. If I miss it, it's gone. Yeah, and I think those times that fathers can spend with their children will be so, so important. And I think as a young child, you remember such things as well. Yeah, those uh, memories that you create with your child. Hopefully more positive memories than negative memories. Yeah, I think those memories will stick for life. She says it's because maybe in large part, when you're growing up, you do recall, or not in the most positive way perhaps, but you do recall specific moments in your life where you wished your dad had been present. Yeah, definitely. When my dad left home, it felt that I had to take over <laughs> the role of the man of the house. And I was 10, you know, so I was 10 in Singapore, you know, you are in primary school, you haven't passed your PSLE yet. There's so much pressure on you to do well academically. 
then to go on to secondary school mm. and to be able to adapt into a new environment I was from an all boys school and you know all boys school everyone has their own way of doing things for me I had to understand puberty myself right I had to grow up in that sense without a role model about my dad being present to explain to me certain things even about maybe sexuality or even to to what it means to be dating a girl you know I, I don't have the example and although I had that male leadership through my sports coach I had family friends who showed the example but it's different because they're not my dad you know so there are certain things that they won't say also so I, I felt that there are certain things I, I had to learn and observe by myself and it's not easy because then you don't want to make mistakes also right so you're a bit cautious how do I navigate uh, and make decisions for myself so after reading all the books and talking to people <laughs> and giving from their wisdom and life experiences what would you say maybe like the top key things that every dad needs to know <laughs> wow <laughs> I have zero experience in this <laughs> top three things that every dad should know I think to be able to show that you love your child and being able to express it I think that's very important because um, okay, it's a given that dads love their children, right? But they don't show it or they don't say it as much as they should. And I think most children would want to be affirmed by their fathers. Of course, children make mistakes and of course, we don't affirm them when they make mistakes. But I think children do a lot of good as well. You know, mm. They don't make mistakes all the time. And that's where the, the affirmation from fathers is so, so important. I think also besides being able to express love for your child would be to be present for them. Because in times where it's challenging, they would want to be able to turn to someone who is a, a confident, a, a safe place for them to just be able to share their concerns or even their, their worries. And they will need someone to be able to do that for them. And I think the third thing would be just being that constant, that stability for a family. Yeah, I think that's also very important because in this world right now where there's changes that are happening so, so frequently, I think if dads can be that constant for their children, it will really help them you know, navigate through their childhood and even teenagehood, knowing that, hey, someone's got my back. I know you didn't really have the privilege of having your own dad to be that role model of what a dad should be like, but would there be role models? Like, I mean, if there are first-time dads or young dads out there who are maybe don't have the environment that you do at Focus on the Family or access to our resources, although they can always access our website and our Facebook, but, you know, are there kind of like equivalent role models or if short of role model, what do you do? <laughs> This is a tough question because there isn't really many role models that we can look out for unless you get plugged into a community. And of course, if you're in a faith community, that's very helpful because you can actually talk to older guys around you, mm. those who have been through certain things. I think for myself, I have a close group of friends and they are all dads now. Mm. And this is where we actually share our worries, our challenges. Because I couldn't really relate with them as much. I didn't really, you know, share or I couldn't really understand. Just could just listen to them. But now that I'm becoming that, uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this space for us to just be able to relate with one another, having that brotherhood of sorts to sort of learn from them and to even just bounce off ideas like what works for you? How can I do this better? 
So it's more of a peer kind of a mentoring of sorts amongst young dads because probably even our dads may not understand how to parent these days because it's a modern true, uh, yeah. you know the world has changed so much as well they may follow to their own way their previous way of, of parenting which may not be so applicable right now okay so Aaron if we were gonna come back to you and have you on our podcast like maybe in a year's time or two years time when you are you know nicely settled into your role as dad <laughs> how would you like yourself to be described as a dad A good dad. A dad who will be able to give his best, even if it means losing his life. A dad who will risk it all, not foolhardy, but a dad who's able to say, this is so worth it. I'm crying my eyes out now, but... <laughs> But yeah, it sinks in. And a year's time, you know, you, you never know what will happen in a year's time, right? How my child will be, whether he'll be healthy or not, whether he'll be able to walk or not, will he be able to listen to me? I think, I think parents do their best, right? I think most parents will want to do their best. And there's probably this fear of failure. What if I don't do well? What if I mess up? But I think I also want to have the grace for myself to be able to make some mistakes. But yet, at the same time, don't make so many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Aaron, just hearing you say that, I think if, if there were children in this room and they were to hear their dad saying that, um, you know, they want to be the best for their child, I think that's actually really all a child needs. Like you said, you know, the ingredients of a, a dad, right, to be that constant. And I think one of the constants that many uh, young people, children today lack, maybe even adults <laughs> lack, is that constant of knowing that regardless that there's someone who is always there for you, watching your back, ready to even give up their lives for you. Truly, I think if a young child or a young person could hear what you just said, you know, about your own goal for yourself or your own vision for yourself, being a father, I think it might actually really make a difference <laughs> to the way, you know, our world is, yeah, just having young people who grow up with um, the confidence, the security that they are loved, that they are accepted, that there's always someone watching out for them. Okay, I know we've run out of time. So <laughs> and we had a moment here. <laughs> on the Parent Ed Podcast. Well, to all of you who are listening, um, you know, I hope you, you, you share with us the joy. I think all of us at Focus No Family are excited, not just Aaron. But um, Aaron has been with us for a while now, and I think his excitement of becoming a, a dad finally, you know, and having his own child, uh, we are also excited for him, and we want to wish him all the best. And, and for any, all the dads who are out there listening, we're going to celebrate Father's Day again. And this year for our Father's Day campaign, uh, it's going to be themed Call of Daddy Fatherhood Ops. And it launches 10th of June. And so it's going to talk about how fatherhood is a calling that can surprise you, 
humble you and motivate you to be the best that you can be. And I think you kind of heard that already, a little bit of that from Aaron's story that he shared with us. And so we want to encourage you to go to our website. That's www.family.org.sg slash daddy to find out more, read out the inspiring stories on fellow dads uh, just like Aaron and just celebrate the fathers amongst us this Father's Day. And so with that, you know, if there's anything else that you may have as a parent you think we can help you with, please do write to us at parent at, that's parent, ed at family.org.sg. And we also encourage you, you know, to keep learning, keep improving ourselves as parents uh, through our monthly e-newsletter, which you can subscribe to. You can follow us on our Facebook, on our Instagram, uh, that's at focusonthefamily.sg or Instagram handle thrivingfamilysg. And thanks Aaron for being so vulnerable, so candid with us today. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us and be sure to catch us on our next Parentet podcast. So until next time, uh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there and have a great week with your family. Mm-hmm.